Revelation 2 and 3 reveal that the Lord is walking in the midst of the local churches and speaking to each church according to its condition. At the same time, these messages given to the different churches are what the Spirit is speaking to all the churches as the body of Christ. In this series of podcasts, we bring to you the Lord speaking in local and regional conferences so that we may hear what the Spirit is speaking to all of us today. This week, we begin with Message 1 from a conference given by Brother Ron Kangas from August 13 through 15, 2021, to the churches in Central Texas, hosted by the church in Austin. The general subject of the conference is building today's ark, the church as the corporate expression of Christ. The title of this message is Knowing That the Situation Before the Lord's Coming will be like that of the days of Noah, living a properly balanced human life and being raptured before the Great Tribulation. A link to the entire conference, including outlines, can be found in the episode notes. Here I am, once again, alone with the camera, in a, a kind of conference room for the those who teach in the full-time training in Building 7. But this is the arrangement of the Sovereign God. And once we, by His mercy and grace, subject ourselves to His sovereignty in our present situation. The abundance of grace flows. And so actually I have the sense again, although I can't see anyone, I know you're there by the time you hear these words. And there's not only a space difference, there's a time difference. But I believe the Lord will be with you when you see and hear these messages uh, electronically, we may say. I distrust in the speaking spirit to speak to the churches. As always, when I received uh, the invitation of the brothers to have a three-message conference that would be uh, seen and carried out in about the middle of August. And I had the life and peace and leading from the Lord. Then I began to not first consider, but seek Seek from the Father, God the Father, the source. What should be the subject of this conference? Should I develop something related to the most recent crystallization study training? Or is there another matter 
And as I was waiting and seeking and seeking and little by little following the anointing within, the inner teaching, the thought came concerning the Lord's word, concerning the coming of the Son of Man. What will be going on on the earth in the days just prior to the coming of the Son of Man? And if you read the scripture references as you're able, that's from Matthew 24, and some parallel verses in Luke 17 and maybe also 21, you will see immediately after the Lord speaks about the days, the days like the days of Noah, then he spoke of the rapture of two living overcomers. There was a close connection between these two verses, and they are the main points in this outline, as we'll see. But again, as I was waiting upon the Lord and responding to his inner leading, I began to realize the subject is not simply being prepared to be raptured. What was the basic work that Noah carried out? And that was, as we all know, to build an ark. And that ark typifies Christ in various ways. You can consult the life study of Genesis for that. And it was that ark into which Noah and seven others, his wife and sons and their wives, they were rescued from God's judgment on that evil age. So the ark was their deliverance, a rescue. And we know, we're quite aware of how God judged. And then eventually when the waters recited and the earth was somewhat dry, the, the, the ark landed. And eventually, Noah and the family came out, and a new age began. And that is when human government was established. So that ark saved Noah and his family from God's judgment on that present evil age and also brought them into the next age, the age of the kingdom. And we know from the word, 
has opened up and taught to us through the ministry of the age. Noah's Ark not only typifies Christ as a person, but also signifies the church as the corporate Christ. So this brings us to the general subject, building today's ark, building it. This is what should be taking place in the Lord's recovery right now. And to some extent, only the Lord knows thoroughly. The building of the ark is taking place. But many beloved brothers and sisters who are in the church life in an active way, in a faithful way, they may not realize that they are not participating in the building up of today's ark, the church as the corporate expression of Christ. And something Brotherly shared in a meeting with a few dozen brothers and sisters. It was on a Thursday uh, during lunchtime in the early afternoon in, nine, uh, in 1976. While the building on Ball Road was still under construction, and Brother Lee wanted to have a time of fellowship with all those that were serving his ministry in any way. Those who recorded the messages, the sisters who transcribed the messages. I was a brother laboring on editing the messages. Then some were ushering in the meetings. There were directing traffic, so many practical service. And we had lunch together. Then, of course, after that, Brother Lee wanted to have fellowship with us. And he expressed sincerely, as he always did, his appreciation for all those that were serving. He knew that he could not carry out his ministry practically without all this help, all the serving ones. That is why he wanted to share this with them. And then he said something, dear saints, 45 years ago that stays with me as if it happened just yesterday. And this is what Brother Lee said. All of you are serving and really helping me in the ministry. But I am concerned, he said, that you may be like those during Noah's time, 
while he was building the ark. This is something we think happened. That at various times, his friends or neighbors would just help him a little in building the ark and bringing the material. It's very likely that this happened, but at least it's a picture of what we are about to hear him say through what I'm telling you. And we know from the New Testament that Paul, while he was building the ark, was preaching righteousness. So surely he was in contact with people at close range. There is no human government. It was the age of conscience. And most were not following their conscience. It was lawless, full of violence and sinful things. And so those who might have been helping him in a practical way Brotherly compared them in a very clear and transparent way to what might be the situation of these dear serving ones. You may not become a part of what is being built up. And that was his loving concern for them. You are here. You are active. You are faithful. But you may be like the friends of Noah, that when the time came, did not enter into the ark, were not part of it in that sense. But instead, they died under that judgment because they were part of that generation. And to some extent, I have a twofold concern or burden, we may say, in this message. The first is that as this age is coming to an end, we will fulfill God's purpose for this age by building up the church as the body of Christ, the corporate Christ. In other words, we are building the ark in all the local churches. The body is being built up universally. Ephesians 2.21 Each local church Specifically, locally, in verse 22. And all those who are not simply attending meetings, being active in the church life, serving, attending or listening to the annual feasts, but they may not be building themselves into the ark, the corporate Christ. And the first part of the twofold feeling or burden concerns the desire of God's heart, his will, his intention, 
his purpose right now on the day I'm speaking this. August 28th. You might hear this in little over two weeks. The Lord wants an ark to be built to give him the means to end this age and judge the world and bring in the the age of the kingdom. Then the other matter of concern and burden is And more and more, this is weighing on my heart. In recent years, when I was asked to visit and minister in certain places, uh, especially in California and in some other cities in the Northeast, it became so clear that a significant number of these young adults, well-educated, who have excellent jobs with some of those huge tech companies, especially in the San Francisco Bay Area. And it became so clear that they are only halfway in the church life. They have one foot in the church life and another one in the world. And I won't go into details, but that is why in some recent messages I spoke about loving the Lord's appearing, not loving the present age, Many of these dear saints, they love the Lord. They love the Lord's recovery. But they have a divided heart. They love aspects of the present age. So in one conference, I announced, I made it very clear on Saturday night in that meeting, we'll have in another location in a conference center, not in this meeting hall a very important burden will be released. But a large number of those that were attending the meeting Friday night and were active and responsive, they were not there on Saturday. They were doing this or that, a professional basketball game, out having gourmet food and wine with some saints, doing this and that. Because Saturday was their private time, personal time. That's an example of one foot in and one foot out. And so these two matters have come together for the general subject I read again of this conference, building today's ark the church as the corporate expression of Christ. And I I hope, and inwardly, there's a prayer rising up that after 
you're hearing this message. That there will be a time shortly thereafter that, the next day or two, you can be with the Lord and consider this question I'm asking you with tender love and concern. Are you participating in the building today's ark? Are you fully in the church life? We all have to do our jobs, get our education. There's no doubt about this. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. We are of God, we are of Christ, we are of the Spirit, and we are here for the will of God to be done. And so message one is about knowing knowing that the situation before the Lord's coming will be like that of the days of Noah, living a properly balanced human life and being raptured before the Great Tribulation. So there are three matters here. It's a long title, isn't it? First, knowing that the situation before the Lord's coming will be like that of the days of Noah. We need to know this because it will happen. And most of you, if not all of you, will be very much alive humanly while this is happening. And you will recognize this is like that of the days of Noah. Then the second point, what do you do? You live a properly balanced human life. You continue to live a normal, properly balanced human life. You don't withdraw from any responsibility, go out in the desert and live in a tent and wait for the rapture? No, at whatever age it is, keep on working at your job. Continue your education. Take care of your family. And then being raptured before the great Tribulation. So now let's look at these. The outline is on the shorter side. And uh, within about 40 to 45 minutes, I should complete it. Roman numeral one. This is the Lord Jesus speaking. For just as the days of Noah were, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Just as. And it might be helpful to just read through a chapter or two in Genesis to see what they were doing 
And of course, they had to they had to work, they had to take care of their families, they had to survive. And commerce and financial matters, so to speak, were a primary matter. They were buying and selling, doing this and that. Oh, taking care of weddings, being married, giving in marriage. They kept on doing it as if it would never end. But at the same time, the earth was filled with violence. Violence. Please consider, just think about it. How the violence in this country has increased in the last year and a half. What kind of violence and lawlessness? I just saw on my phone a couple hours ago pictures taken of four women in San Francisco just walking out of a certain drugstore with bags full of things. Because the governor in California thinks that's not really a crime. No object is worth a value is more than a thousand dollars. Then another video of men running out, running out. Then violence in daylight. This is going to characteristic the last days, brothers and sisters. It's not going to get better. Maybe there will be a brief pause. If there are some changes in the government, we leave that to God. We need to understand this is going to increase. On the one hand, people so busy with their lives, buying and selling, making money, all of this, at the same time, hardly anyone lives by the conscience. Violence and evil, immorality, filling the earth. A, the Greek word for coming, parousia, means presence. In the ancient times, this word was applied to the coming of a dignified person. In the New Testament, this refers to the coming of Christ, the most dignified one. So while these days will be like, just as, not just, not like, just as the days of Noah, there should be in us the awareness the Son of Man is coming. We are living for his parousia, his presence. We're waiting for the presence of the most dignified person in the universe. Christ's coming will be his presence with his people. 
His parousia will begin with the rapture of the man-child and of the first fruits and will end with his appearing on the earth with the saints. So let's look at this in an actual and practical way. And I say this with a feeling. I'm not prophesying. I can't do that. With the increasing sense, we are nearing the consummation of this age. It's drawing very close. And we know from the Bible that what will happen is The Temple Mount in Jerusalem, that site will be cleared somehow for the rebuilding of the temple. And so, the people there, they've been preparing for this. They will want to build up, rebuild the temple. But they will be surrounded by opposing nations. So they will enter into an agreement with a powerful European leader who will eventually be the Antichrist. And when that agreement is made, the 70th week starts. And surely we'll be aware by the news then something has happened between Israel and that person. And he has the power and the authority to hold back all the nations. And look, they're actually rebuilding the temple. And you may be here. I really think you may be here. You know in less than three and a half years, the tribulation will start. And the living overcomers will be raptured just before that happens. That will be the beginning of the parousia. And so even those that are the raptured living ones, the first fruits mentioned in Revelation 14, all of them will pass through the situation on the earth leading up to that point. No one can escape this. We will all be here. And how will we be here? Just driven by fear? Following the constant changing different directions from the so-called experts in government? Do this. No, don't. You need to do that. Uh, Go to work. No, you can't go to work. Do this. Go there will be part of this. And while this is going on, we are building up the ark. We realize what's coming soon. And so this will be the beginning of the parousia. Be the situation before the Lord's coming will be like that in the days of Noah. I hope I can make this clear. The situation before the Lord's 
parousia begins, not before he comes on a cloud. He will come secretly to rapture the overcomers. But the situation before the Lord's coming will be like that of the days of Noah. All of us need to be prepared for this. My honest feeling, just not, not as a co-worker, as a fellow believer, and also just as a human, something radical is happening. I've never seen our country like this. And I just seek the Lord, Lord, what is going on? What are you preparing for? Then I wondered, I just saw something on my phone today that certain liberal people in politics, they want to abolish paper money, paper dollars, and have digital dollars. And I just mentioned to my wife at breakfast, what is this? Is this preparing a way for the mark of the beast? The governmental control? Some are saying, and they will do in their cities, oh, if you have not been vaccinated, you can't buy any food. You can't go into any grocery store. And I learned one country, I won't name it, is practicing this right now. We know from Revelation 13, those without the mark, whatever that will be, they won't be able to buy or sell. We have to be alert, dear saints. We have to be awakened to realize the developing situation. Little a, as a result of man's first fall, the evil nature of Satan had been injected into man. That's right. We still have a body of sin, a body of death. Little b, in us. In the second fall, the evil nature of Satan in man devised and developed a godless human culture. I live in California, the most ungodly state in the United States, a godless human culture. See, at the time of the third fall, this godless culture produced an evil, crooked, corrupted, and perverse generation. And the evil power of darkness corrupted the earth and filled it with violence. Again, I say, just speaking as your brother, honestly, a thoughtful brother, considering this, Day after day, 
with the Lord, my wife and I, praying again and again together concerning this. This godless culture, the satanic world system, is taking now a further step. And that is to produce a certain generation of people on the earth. A certain generation of people. And then, so it will be evil, crooked, corrupted, and perverse. Perverse. I don't know but they teach in the public schools in Texas. To me, a much safer place to be than California. But in, even in kindergarten in California, just teaching little boys and girls, oh, you can change what you want. Today you may be a he, tomorrow a she, some say you can even be a they. This is perverse. It's perverse. And anyone who has this thought and who teaches this, I say this strongly, is an acting atheist. You cannot believe in the true and living God and think and say this perverse thing. How do we know that? Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Male and female, God created them. This is being denied. This is perverse. We're not in, in the days, just as the days of Noah yet, I believe we're just a few steps away. What could happen in the rest of this year? Look at what, what has happened in the last six months. Forget any kind of politics. Who is behind the scene? Who is leading the things? What has been going on? We need to consider all this before God, the age in which we're living. I repeat, the godless culture. I'll just say in California, as an example, the godless culture is actively producing an evil, crooked, corrupted, and perverse generation. And then while that's going on by the humans, an evil power of darkness corrupted the earth and filled it with violence. An evil power. An evil power is operating over this country and many other countries. Corrupting the earth and filling it with violence. This is a woman, 68 years old. In the daylight, Daytime, using a, her walker to walk. And a few persons, in this case mainly women, 
knocking her down. They had some kind of pot and were beating her on the head. Where's the protest from the liberal-minded people or anybody? I just... I think you can sense this. I just burden that all of us will be awake to realize where we are and then to be guided by the Lord how to live, how to to live in this situation, how to take care of our loved ones, our children, to help our grandchildren, elderly saints, And Lord, how can we prepare to be the first fruits? These three things are crucial now. And this is the first time why the Lord led me to do it for the conference focused in Central Texas, but it'll extend way beyond that. I just have the burden to do it. This is the time. This is the place. Two in Matthew 24, 37 to 39, and Luke 17, 26 to 27, the Lord Jesus likened our age to the days of Noah. The conditions of evil living that stupefied the generation of Noah before the flood, portray the perilous condition of man's living before the great tribulation and the Lord's parousia, stupefied. Stupefied by all kinds of social media, taking all kinds of things that have their source in the God of this age, just being stupefied, almost like drunken. And so this stupefaction will make it so much easier for this evil, corrupt, perverse generation to be intensified. And it will be perilous. I don't feel. I know that there's a wonderful church there. Hundreds and hundreds of saints in New York City. I would never go there. I wouldn't take my wife there. And walk on the street anyway. Anytime in the daylight. How can you do that? I wouldn't want to go in a store in San Francisco. And there's so many people just robbing, stealing, walking out. And the store people say that there's nothing we can do. Some say call the police. They're not going to come for this. The court will not stand with the police. The governor says no. But their stealing is not $1,000 in value for each item. What? This is beyond anything I ever thought in my whole life. And we're only in the early stage of this. Little B, if we would participate in the overcomer's rapture, 
to enjoy the Lord's parousia and escape the great tribulation, we must overcome the stupefying effect of man's living today. We must. This is something we need to learn to do together. And this is my burden in this part of the message. Overcoming the stupefying effect of human living today. Let's just focus on our country. Millions, tens of millions of people being stupefied. Passively watching this and that on mainstream news, taking it in, believing everything. No thoughtful consideration, no discernment. Just stupefied. My heart aches even to see one young adult Ten years ago, graduated from the full-time training. Now has an excellent job, making 120 k a year. Has a nice house, drives a Mercedes. Stupefied. But they may come to a meeting now and then and read the Bible now and then. Their excuse is, oh, I just had to be practical. My heart aches. I don't judge anyone. I don't point a finger at anyone. I don't give up on anyone. These are our beloved brothers and sisters. We must fight for them. We must fight for the preservation of the young generation. May the Lord train us to fight warrior prayers. Prayers of warfare. And this will help us to overcome this stupefying effect. Then look, immediately after the Lord spoke about the days of Noah, we have what is point two. At that time, two men will be in the field. One is taken and one is left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One is taken and one is left. Well, these two men are brothers. Believers, these two women are also believers, they're sisters. What are they doing? Again, they're not in a tent out in the desert saying the Lord is coming soon, we're just going to read and pray and sing. This is not a normal human life. We need to live a normal human life until the end. And it's while the two brothers were working. Whatever their job was, the field represents their work, their profession. And the two women are grinding, doing practical housework. Although, of course, many of the sisters will have their out-of-home jobs. And why is it that one man was taken and one sister was taken, but the others were left behind? It's because inwardly there was a very great difference 
concerning their inner being. Because one sister, while she is doing the work outwardly, inwardly, she's one spirit with the Lord, following the anointing of the Spirit, experiencing and enjoying Christ as her grace and specific aspects of the good land at that time, is in constant fellowship with the Lord, walking according to the Spirit, but living a practical life. Same with the brother. But the brother who's not taken, he's absorbed, absorbed in what he's doing, especially if he's career-oriented. You read Revelation 8 about the material Babylon and about how so many things are sold. And the last thing John mentioned is the souls of men toward the end of Revelation 18. And if you read the footnote, very helpful footnote, some, they just sell themselves to their job. This is what's happening in the Bay Area with some dear saints. When the rapture comes, they would be clueless. They would have no idea. Where is so-and-so? We don't know. He was, we heard he was at his desk, working on his computer, doing what he was assigned to do, and now he's gone. And some other believers in the same company, let's say it's Google. Let's just pick on Google. I think a good illustration. They didn't let Google possess them. They're gone. This is actually going to happen. It's not some doctrinal theory. We're approaching the time. Saints will be left and saints will be raptured. I think when you hear this, I know as I'm saying this, with my whole being, I want to be among the first fruits. Lord, you know our heart. Yet, I want to be a normal elderly man, grandpa, a father to middle-aged children, cherishing my wife, exercising, being faithful in my work, taking care of my health, paying my taxes, putting oil in my car, renewing my license, insurance, like anybody else. But inwardly, I'm longing for the Lord's parousia. The two men and the two women represent the living believers at the time of the Lord's second coming. To be taken is to be raptured before the great tribulation. One, the rapture is the consummating step of God's full salvation in life. The transfiguration, the redemption of our body. So what will happen all over the recovery? 
The Lord already knows. We do not know yet. It's so clear. Something happened. Earthquake. Some rockets that went astray. The Temple Mount is cleared. The Arabic nations are pounding the drums for war. But the government of Israel and the people devoted to rebuilding the temple, they're active. The government makes a covenant with that powerful European leader. And how he will be able to oversee the situation, I don't know. But all the living overcomers will see it on your phones, on your iPad, or whatever advanced electronic instruments we would have. You have to realize the rapture is coming in less than three and a half years. Only the Lord knows how much we can grow in life in three and a half years. But I don't want to waste years prior to that and not be among the first fruits. And the vast majority of Christians those who have been misled by the false teaching that every believer will be raptured, every believer will be an overcomer, every believer will be a co-king with Christ. The blind are leading the blind. The mature in life will be raptured, those not yet mature, not just in religious Christianity, among us. We're no exception. This is about to happen. Two, after we have believed in the Lord and are saved, because of the demand of the divine life which we have received, and because of the intensity of our love toward the Lord, we desire to pursue a life that awaits the Lord's coming. Maybe one day we'll have a conference on this. On what? On a life that awaits the Lord's coming. But here, the Lord will increase the intensity of our love toward him. And we are aware of the demand, the requirements of the divine life within And now a desire is rising up. And I pray for this as I'm speaking this. May a desire rise up in us to pursue a life that awaits the Lord's coming. We do not know when he's coming. He said, I'm coming as a thief. What are the aspects of a life that awaits the Lord's coming. Let's ask the Lord. Lord, I want to live this kind of life. Three, in such a life of loving the Lord and waiting for his coming, we expect, according to that which is revealed and prophesied in the Bible, to be raptured through the presence of the Lord, 
to meet joyfully with him. This is the positive yearning. It's a life of loving the Lord. And I insert, and loving his appearing. Remember that co-worker who left Paul, Demas. Paul already had spoken about loving the Lord's appearing. Then he said, Demas has forsaken me. He's abandoned me. Then Paul gave the reason. Loving the present age. And I'm not negative in my thoughts and feelings about this. But I am more and more aware that when the time comes, many saints will abandon the ministry of their recovery, will abandon the church life, because they love the present age. In a certain country, when the government changed and people in the power were anti-God, and there was one well-known Christian leader that they wanted to remove, and they just asked other believers, just simply say, we are not one with this man. We have nothing to do with him. And even one woman that was there wrote a book about her experience. And the book is full of lies. She believed all the lies. Look, if all the disciples could run away from the Lord, we all have that weakness because of self-love, loving the soul life, loving the present age. That's why we want to learn to live a life that will be ready. Sister, you're ironing if we still do that. You're reading a book to one of your children. And don't worry about the children. The father will take care of them. You're driving to work. You're doing your job. Your life is normal, practical. But inwardly, you're prepared. You're ready. And you love him. And you look forward to meet together joyfully with him. What a meeting. Oh, what a meeting. For thousands and thousands of saints join the man-child, the deceased, resurrected saints, overcomers, are having a meeting now at the throne. We see the Lord face to face. The married feast has begun. This is not just a human dream. This is prophecy and it has to come at some time on the earth and we may be approaching it 
Only God knows. But I believe we need to be wise and prepare ourselves. C. Matthew 24, 40 and 41 refers to the secret rapture. The rapture of the ready ones, the mature ones. The difference between the one who was taken and the one who was left is in the maturity of life. Dear ones, have you prayed for this? A message was given along this line in the crystallization study of numbers. We have, we have to be at a stage of maturity in order to be in the Lord's army. Not as mature as Brother Lee was, Brother Nee was, but mature. A young man, 27, is mature. His father, who may be 57, yes, is more mature. It's a developing stage. That's the difference. The maturity of life. One is mature in life and the other is not. It's what we are. Mature in life. Then the one mature in life will immediately respond to the sense. Come. Immediately. The other will be oblivious. Not even aware of anything. Why? Not simply because they may love the present age, but the lack of maturity. This is one of the greatest needs in the Lord's recovery, is the maturity in life. To become matured is not an overnight matter. You don't pray for it, before you fall asleep and hope to wake up mature in the morning, that is not according to the organic law of any kind of life. I mean, this will be a kind of a strange or even funny illustration, imaginary one. Suppose a brother and sister put their two-year-old boy to bed. They sang to him. Maybe they read a story. They prayed a little. And then the next morning, when it's for breakfast, a young man, six foot two, 185 pounds, walks out of the bedroom, to breakfast and asks, Mom, what's for breakfast today? Would the, would the parents be happy? Would they say, this is wonderful. I think they would be terrified. What is this? We shouldn't have the thought that maturity is a miraculous thing. It happens overnight. I don't want to have the 
the thought, well, I can be whatever I want to be. I can be one in, one out. Once I see we're in the 70th week, I'll have three and a half years. A couple questions here. How do you know those three and a half years will be sufficient for you? How do you know that? This is the enemy deceiving you, misleading you, saying you can do whatever you want now, you can be fully involved in this, just go to one meeting once a week. If there's a conference that interferes with some plans you want to have, oh, you're going to go to a boxing mask or you want to see this and that event, you'll do it. Don't worry, you'll have time, you're young. And then the other matter, how do you know you will live a human life? Nothing would happen to you. How do you know? We need to treasure every day we have. Every day. Every day. And I believe there is time for all of us to mature. But there is not time to waste. For the Lord's coming, we need to prepare ourselves, love him, and grow in him, that at his coming we may be mature to be raptured. Okay? Prepare. Please don't send me an email saying, Brother Ron, how do I prepare? First, please bring this to the Lord. He knows. Bring this to the Father, your Father. Father, I want to be prepared when your Son, the Son of Man, comes. I I don't know what to do. How do I prepare? And you will be enlightened. Then after you are in fellowship with the Lord, and you say, Brother Ron, could I have some fellowship? And I'll sense you're already in the process. Then I would make some suggestions concerning where you are in life. Please consider this. Spend some time in this New Testament book. And I recommend this ministry material for you right now, personally. Don't just... Participate in what the whole recovery is doing in the Holy Word for Morning Revival. That's necessary and wonderful. You need the Lord to shepherd you personally. And then love him. First John 4.19, we love because he first loved us. Pray for our love to be developed, to be matured, to be perfected. Look at Song of Songs. How the stages of love advance and deepen. This is related to growing in life. And we pray to grow in life. So Christ must increase and we must decrease. There must be more ground for the divine life to flow and make home. All of our inner being needs to be subdued by the Spirit. And our goal is to be mature, 
to be raptured. Then we end this way. Within the time frame I was thinking of, the Lord's word in Matthew 24, 40 to 41 shows that as we wait for his coming and expect to be raptured, we must be faithful in our daily duties, living a properly balanced human life. And those verses from Second Thessalonians are important because some saints, they receive the teaching about the Lord coming back and they say the Lord is coming. Oh, I don't need to have a job. I don't need to work. Uh, and I'm not working, so I don't have any money. I mean, can I come over to your place for dinner? And Paul says, if someone does not work, you shouldn't eat. Be a normal person. Get a job. Do your homework. Mow the lawn. Take care of your health. Pay your taxes. Go to the dentist. All the, all the normal things. Being faithful in our daily duties. Daily duties. We are God men, divine humans. Yes, we're becoming the same as God in life and nature, but not in the Godhead as his children, having the life and nature of God. But we are humans needing to live a responsible, faithful, normal human life. And that living will be a properly balanced human life. And let's suppose that a single brother, he loves the Lord, he's consecrated to the Lord, and he wants to get married. The Lord brings him together with a matching sister. They both know the Lord is the source of this. They love him together. They love each other. They get married. And then uh, it turns out that this brother is addicted to video games. He doesn't just for kind of a, a refreshing time or kind of like a hobby. Oh, maybe for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, I will just do this. Hours, hours spent. This is imbalanced. It's imbalanced. Our, our life should be properly balanced human life. And again, please don't ask me what is properly balanced. Bring this first to the Lord, to the Father. What is to be properly balanced requires this, Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We love the Lord first. We are consecrated to the Lord. We are practicing the church life. So we're seeking the kingdom first and his righteousness. Christ and the church are the priorities. Now we have so many aspects of our human life requiring time and energy. 
We need to do them and devote time to what is really important and what is of less importance. And if the Lord may say to a hard-working family, you know, indicate to the brother, why not just you and your wife spend two days together by the ocean or by the mountain just to refresh your time together. And another family will take care of your children and you'll do the same thing for them. So we are balanced in our work, in our rest, and what we may call a proper kind of hobby. But we are not possessed by money, by career, by wealth, by this or that. We simply ask to have what we need to live a normal, faithful, properly balanced human life where we are, according to our circumstances, according to our age, according to our responsibilities in family or in work. And while we are doing this, inwardly, we are being prepared for the Lord's parousia. And when the rapture calls comes, we are gone. So this is the beginning of this three-message conference And a lot has been covered. I believe a significant burden has been released. And we just continue in the two more messages and just see how the Lord will lead us. Eventually, the goal will become so clear. The ark. We want to build the ark, the church, as the corporate expression of Christ. And then because we're rapture ready and matured, we will all be in the ark to save us from the great tribulation and bring us into the kingdom. This is a fresh and living way to say Christ and the church. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with your companions. To find out more about this and other conferences, and to join our mailing list, please visit livingtohim.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube with the handle at livingtohim.com.